Welcome to the Conscious Craft Podcast. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Hannah. And we are two health coaches on a mission to create a happier world, one thought, one breath, and one bite at a time. We are kicking stress to the curb, and we're not going to take life so seriously. No, and we'd love for you to join, because we're all about community, and we want you to be a part of ours. So head over to the show notes and follow us on social media. We'd love to connect. Okay, we are so excited to have Susan Nesker on the podcast today, author of A Practical Guide to Awareness, which is just speaking our language. Oh, yeah. So we're super excited to learn more about this book and your story and how you've got started on this path of discovering and really mastering self-awareness. So thank you, Susan. Well, thank you. I'm really happy to be here, and I, I love all the work you guys are doing. It's phenomenal. And every time I share your Instagram posts, people love it on my Instagram. So I, and it's a really good medium for us to share what we're all doing, and I think it's a great way to come together to help everyone with self-awareness. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for saying that. And I think you're totally spot on. Instagram is a beautiful tool to share the, a lot of these teachings. And you're right. It's such a great way for us to connect and to be able to expand into different avenues as well. So that's yeah. such a great, great part about that. I mean, we connected on Instagram, which was awesome. Oh, I know. I saw you guys somehow. I don't know how. I follow a lot of kind of spiritual self-awareness things and somehow I found you guys and I wanted to be a part of what you're doing it's really good work very positive well thank you so much and we're excited to connect with you yeah you're doing such great work as well so we'd love to hear a little bit more about your book and how you started got onto the process of writing this book and where you came from right well, so that could be two conversations. <laughs> it could be a writing conversation and it could be a, a spiritual awakening. Basically, I have been on the path for about almost 30 years, um, the self-awareness path. So nothing happens overnight without listening. <laughs> Just be patient and stay in the moment. Right, girls? That's what we say. Oh, yeah. Yes. So yeah, I've been, and I travel, I've traveled all over the world, and um, I've read all the, the authors that people usually do, so back in the 80s, I read, you know, Many Lives, Many Masters, and Brian Weiss, MD, really got my attention back in the 80s, that was the first time I remembered the light bulb going off, it was really, literally like I had a light bulb go off, and I was like, okay. So I just kept seeking and seeking, and um, when I moved to Atlanta, I started the Georgia Lottery. So what could be like what could be more business and corporate than that, and money oriented? And so in the midst of all that was how it kind of all happened in Atlanta. And I came, I left the lottery, I left corporate life. It was the first time I kind of jumped off the diving board. You know, some people do it slowly, some people just say. I'm not doing that anymore, and that's what I did. 
So I started doing um, Qigong and energy work, and that was the first time I kind of segued into the spiritual arts and that kind of a thing. But eventually, you know, I got back into it working, started my own business, and eventually I was part of this writing group called the International Association of Conscious and Creative Writing. Even though I never really had time to do all the little cool things that they would say, you know, the writing prompts and all that. And so one day I read the email and it said they were, there was this conscious writing retreat in England, in Glastonbury. And I had decided that December, this was like January of, nine, of 2015. And I said, I'm going to write that book that I've been wanting to write my whole life, but I didn't know what I was going to write. I had no idea. So I just thought, you know, I think I'm, I, I really kind of feel like I have to do this. So I, my husband at the time was opening a restaurant. He was building it out and opening a restaurant. So that was really crazy. So I went to the retreat in England. I didn't know anyone, which was fine with me. And I, the first beautiful opening ceremony that I reference in the book, um, it's just, a, it becomes a sacred space where people share uh, very, you know, whatever's going on and it, and you're not, you know, it's very um, confidential and then you get initiated into this conscious writing group of people that you spend the next four days with. So the next day, I, we, it's a whole process that the author, that the founder of the association came up with that works really well. And I, it, you do mind mapping and you, you do meditation, conscious writing, spiritual garden, and you just do all these things. And I finished my process. I went outside and I in the, into the gardens of Glastonbury Abbey, which, as a lot of you know, is a holy place, a very spiritual place. And started right. I just started writing the book, a practical guide to awareness. And in the mind mapping phase, I mapped out the whole book with title. Um, outline and everything and wow. that's that's how i wrote the book so just basically you know being there and tapping in it was there waiting for me and i just started writing the book outside in the garden and then i kept writing like pretty much continuously that's for the next great. three or four days in between other things and and on the plane from england back home to florida i was Seriously writing. So I wrote the book in six weeks and because it was just like a download, you know, I just couldn't ignore it. And but I knew in the moment when it all started that that was a completely transformational experience. And I knew that I knew that I could see both sides of the spectrum and I knew I had to integrate that new person that I became into my life which was not easy to do. So I think really the book that I wrote and that I kind of channeled actually, it's been my guide too for the last five years. So my book has pretty much <laughs> saved me. Wow. And so, and that's an awakening I had, you know, after I had moved back to Atlanta. Now I live in Atlanta again and I was like, wow, because I read the book every day. Yeah. And also because I post on Instagram with quotes from the book and photos, I take photos. So I'm a photographer too, so I combine the two. So, and I write poetry also. That came out of the conscious writing retreat. I just started writing poetry, and I never wrote poetry before. 
I've always been a business writer. I was an English major in school, but I never wrote poetry. And it rhymes. It always rhymes. Yeah, that's I cool. Like, I, I was like, Julia, what's going on? <laughs> she, said, she said, that's just how, you know, that's just how your creative consciousness is choosing to manifest itself besides the fact that I was writing a book. So I wrote the book. I got an editor eventually. And during that time, while I was integrating all this go, going on, my husband opened the restaurant and eventually we got divorced. So during that time, I was going, you know, working with an editor. So sometimes it was just kind of crazy. I had to really, really practice what I preach because that's the only way that I got through all that. And eventually I just published my book last year and I self-published it. Um, I've been doing, you know, I'm trying to start my online course for self-awareness. So I have a curriculum and I'm doing, I do events and I also have my business. So it's all like a juggling act. And you guys know that because you do the same thing. Yeah. So I know I just, so that's pretty much how I got to where I am. If that makes any sense. It's a totally different life than I was living before. Completely different because this is my path now. To help people become self-aware so they can share their gift. Yes. Because we're all sharing our gift. We're lifting the planet up and we're raising the vibration of the planet. Absolutely. So that's, what we're, that's what we're all doing. That's what you're doing. That's why we're all coming together. And it's really exciting. Really cool. But sometimes it's not easy. No, and that's where mindfulness, a mindfulness practice and an awareness practice is so key. And I think that's so incredible that you had this download at this conscious writing event. And then you really took the action, and had the courage to take the action to see it through. And I think I'm sure your awareness practice was a massive key in making that a possibility. I think like you guys understand that people who are inspired and then you're motivated and then you know that's what you have to do there's really I feel like I have no choice I just feel like that's it I, this is what I have to do and no matter what happens this is what I'm doing because I just writing the book doing the work I do I love working with people either one-on-one -on -one or in a groups or doing podcasts whatever it is I love working with people and talking about self-awareness and drilling down to what it really is and what mindfulness is because there's so much out now you know there's various descriptions and definitions about mindfulness but mindfulness is really just being in the present moment really in the moment I mean really in the moment it's not easy so when you're in the moment then you know you know you know what your needs are when you know what your needs are then you can help other people what, with whatever it is, whether you're at work, you're more focused, you're more productive when you're self-aware and when you're mindful and whether you're with your family or with your husband or your girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever it is or your friends, whether you're doing a speaking event, think about it, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I love, you know, I love how you're bringing so much awareness to awareness, <laughs> Right. You know, you're like you had said, people use the word mindfulness right now a lot. And there's lots of different definitions and different ways that people use mindfulness. 
But really, when it boils down to it, it's just awareness. Um, so I think it's so awesome that you created this book called A Practical Guide to Awareness. And it's really this step-by-step guide that leads you to finding fulfillment through self-awareness. You laid it out so nicely, too, with these five steps on how to awaken that awareness within you. So can we go through these five steps? Does that sound good to you? Yes, let's do that. So I've written this article in various publications, five steps to increase self-awareness. And this is along the lines of how I do the online The first step that you have is self-perception activity. So in in the self-perception activity, first of all, sit in meditation, you know, and then think about, just think about yourself for a minute. Think about what really like your perfect world, like what is your, what are your dreams? Let's say my dream would be to live in France and do self-awareness workshops, right? So mm-hmm. I'm visualizing that all the time, even the house. Yeah. So I so I would so with that want if people want to make a vision board of where you know their perfect world, they could get pictures out of a magazine or they can draw pictures or sketch or anything like that. That's a creative kind of outlet. Just get a magazine and look through it and find pictures of what your perfect life is, whatever that is, riding a horse running by the ocean it could be anything that you find that just really makes you really happy and makes you blissful so basically you put all the pictures together of how you see your perfect world and then and not really in an analytical way just in a creative way in a feeling way and then at then you see what you're then you see that's oh that's really me you know and for some people it can be eye-opening no, because maybe some people are corporate executives and they feel like something's missing. Mm-hmm. No, they've done all these things in their life. They have this great successful career, but some people feel like something's missing. I know that's how I felt, and I've done everything, and I had, you know, I had, I had children. I had a career, and I still felt like I was looking for something. And so when you see all these images together, it inspires you to say wow, so, okay, now I see this could be my perfect world. How can I change my life today to move forward on that path? So that's one way to start looking at who you are, really who you are, what makes you happy. When you know what makes you happy, that's part of your passion. And your passion is really linked to your gift. That's why I I try to start, I try to, sorry, I try to start out with that kind of as an exercise, and even if you do it at home, like I have the workbook that goes with my book, Putting Awareness into Practice, and that's one of the exercises in my workbook also. I love that practice so much. We talk about visualization often, and it's such a powerful tool because the brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and imagined. Right, right, every day. Like Mike Dooley said, that's how I that's how I really got into all the visualizing was because of how Mike Dooley started doing practicing. So I tried it. So I start with that, and after you kind of see that, it helps you clarify maybe what your needs might be, or maybe where you want to be. I love that. 
I love that. So visualizing and putting together images of what your ideal, maybe future life or future self would look like. But even what, just go out on a limb and, and what your dreams are. Mm -hmm. you know, anything. And, and because everybody has one or a few, right? I mean, mm -hmm. everyone has a dream. Like when you're a kid, you say, I want to grow up and I want to be an archaeologist right and then for some reason you don't do it some people do it and some people don't because for various reasons right and so that is a key it's a it's a big key to who you are and what you love and it's all there when we're kids but then all of our cultural conditioning from our parents from our schools from society and says somehow change our mind unless we're really really motivated like you know we're a creative musician or something like that so anyway, that's the, that's one step to get started. Yeah, that's perfect. And I think that's a really great way for people to be looking at this. So then your next step is creating space. Do you want to touch on that a bit? Yeah, so create space in your daily schedule or your calendar or your life. So everybody says, oh, I don't have time to do that. I'm too busy. So I say start with five minutes. I know it doesn't seem like a lot of time. For some of us, we've extended that, you know, to an hour, an hour and a half, or two hours in the morning. But for busy people, look at your schedule. Try to find time in your day to look at your schedule for the week or even the month. So look at the schedule and say, do I have to say yes to all of this? Find time where you can create five or 10 or 15 minutes every day for yourself to do whatever it is you want to do. Sit by yourself and look out the window and daydream or meditate, drink a cup of coffee without bothering you, whatever. <laughs> because once you start doing that, creating space and doing it consciously, that's the beginning. You know? And then you create your space and you look at your calendar and you say, so you have, you're more aware. Because a lot of people have a calendar at work and at home or wherever and they just say yes to everything. No, because because they feel obligated sometimes, um, and so it gives you a way of looking at everything in an objective way and saying, where can I carve out more time for myself, even if it's thirty minutes, like during the day for your lunch hour to go outside and sit outside. So create space in your day. If you can consciously look at what your obligations are and how you can find more time for yourself. You bring yourself back to center, you know, breathing, exercises, that all works really well. And so that you can get back to who you are, you know, because if you're always doing everything for everyone else, work-wise, your family, whatever it is, never going to figure out who you are if you don't know already. It's so it's true. Easy. Just not easy. So these are really practical steps. It sounds really simple. But it works. It mm -hmm. does. And a lot of people don't do them. Or they're almost too simple for a lot of people. But I understand. They don't. I, I have I work with people who don't do it. Mm -hmm. So I have to say, remember, create space in your day. Yeah. Easy people carry that into their weekends when they're supposed to be relaxing and finding time, you know, to breathe. Mm -hmm. so, but then you have to say, okay, so what's your priority for the weekend? So I say this to people I work with. Yeah. Okay, what's your priority for the weekend? So your kids are here from college, so you want to spend time with your kids. Okay, so that's your priority, right? Okay, yes. 
So what do you want to do with your kids? You want to cook with the kids. So that's what they're going to do. So all that other stuff on your schedule, you know, take it off the schedule. So it's as really as basic as that. Yeah. And so once you get started doing it for yourself, then you keep doing it and then you like the way it feels. And then you realize, oh, well, I can do this for myself, become self-aware, understand what I like to do, what is my passion. And then once you become aware of what your passion really is, whatever it is for yourself, then it kind of it gets, it's a contagious thing. So then you find more time for it and then it makes you really happy. So you're more, you're more focused and happy for everybody around you and you feel better. So then you start feeling better and then you say, oh, okay, so I have to do more of this. And then you, and then it just kind of follows, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how, you know, you describe it in a way where it doesn't have to be this big thing. Even if you just carve out five to 15 minutes out of your day, that's, and that leads into actually your next step, which is self-care. So that's a way of caring for yourself. Yes. And, and it's like, we've all talked about this. I talk about this on everywhere I go and I kind of drive people crazy. And my friends, I drive my friends crazy because people (laughs) complain all the time, you know, Oh, I'm too busy. I don't have time. And I say, well, yeah, but that's because you're driving this, your, your grandson to work. Or, yeah, that's because you're doing this for this person because that's a work thing, you know. Or it's this or that. I say, but that you're choosing that. Right. You know, because that, whatever we're choosing, that's what we're choosing. You no, know, it sounds stupid, but I choose to do, like, I choose to do, you know, and I, I still do writing and editing. For a living mm-hmm. you know, I mean when you publish a book it doesn't pay all the bills we, we know that you know, bestseller like Oprah Winfrey or whoever it is so no but I'm choosing to do that so you know, so today I was busy doing that you no know, but I whatever you set find on to do and whatever you focus on that's what where all your energy is going to go. So if you say to yourself, I'm going to take time in the morning, take a bath with essential oil, or even in the shower, you could put essential oils that really change the frame of everything. You know, start your day with, I have a different routine, my self-care routine, that I have to meditate in the morning when I get up because I have to go back to center and align myself. Because if I'm not in alignment, I can't do anything and I'm not going to be a nice person. (laughs) <laughs> so, I don't have to do that, you know, and I can't really, I can't write effectively without being in alignment. For me, that's more creative than other people or other things, but self-care, recognizing what it is that makes you happy and what it is that helps you, you know, be a better person and then you do that. Whether, like we talked about, it's not really about getting a pedicure and going shopping and doing those things. It's about really nurturing yourself. Right. And that takes a little bit of practice and fine-tuning to figure out what does make you feel your best, but also what you need to do on a daily basis to make sure that you're not falling off track. Exactly. And it's a journey. And it's every day. It's Mm -hmm. never perfect. I mean, I'm here to tell you, you have to continually refocus and realign all the time. And say, 
people who are kind of maybe dragging you out of alignment. Um, excuse me, but you know that's not okay. I have, you know I'd like to do this this way or whatever it is. You know, with your kids, it happens a lot. Yeah, I have a twenty-year-old. It's really close to impossible sometimes, and you have to just say to everyone, whoever it is, your colleagues, husband, your wife, your kid, you gotta just say, you just have to kind of stand in your in your presence and say in a nice way. But you have to continuously, because that's telling yourself that you prioritize you, and it's telling other people what your needs are, so and they know. You know exactly. So that so you have to make time for yourself, because if you don't make time for yourself, no one else is going to do it. Right. That's a very very true point. Right. And, which and then a perfect way to make time for yourself is to do some mindful exercise, which is your next step. <laughs> right. So, so back to that word, mindfulness, right? And, and that's been around for a long time, but it really is the basis of self-awareness because in the present moment, right now, in the moment, is really difficult to do. We're so, especially as women, we're so used to being doing five things at one time, and we're good at it, and we can do it, and we're capable, so we do it. And we grow up working doing it. So with use of uh, multitasking, it's really hard to stay present in the moment and not say, oh, well, but I have to do this, this, and this. Like tomorrow and next week, how am I going to do all that? And planning and strategizing, that's what I find myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, so mindfulness exercises can be anything. Like one thing I like to do with people is... When I walk, I walk outside every day. I, if I find myself getting preoccupied with something, I describe my my surroundings to myself. So I'll be walking outside. So I'll say, you know, I'm walking on octagonal sidewalk concrete because the, the structure has octagons in it. Like that detail. Mm-hmm. But in the blue sky, I'm looking at the green grass. I'm looking at the ocean or whatever it is. So then I... So I do it. I do it a lot when I'm walking if I find myself, you know, getting preoccupied. So describing your surroundings to yourself is a good way to stay um, in the moment. And you just try to try to do that because when you do that, you don't think about everything else. Mm-hmm. You give you a break. Yeah. And then once you practice that and you keep doing it, it's a lot easier to do all, all the time. Yeah. That's one example I mean there's a lot of different examples I don't know what you guys do for mindfulness but that's one thing that I do we talk about kind of in the same vein tapping into your five senses as well and then we also do mindfulness walks I think that's such a great way to combine getting out in nature connecting with nature getting some fresh air but also tapping back into the present moment there's something just really powerful about a mindfulness walk very powerful because also, when you go outside and you look at nature, where, or even if you just go outside, let's say you're in New York City, just look up at the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, it's way bigger than you are. Oh. You know, <laughs> you realize you're just a speck of dust. That's mm-hmm. what we all are. So, you know, if you can go outside and breathe, I, I do that a lot. And I, but I do go outside here in Atlanta, and I ground my energy with the trees because there's a lot of trees here 
and they're old trees. But that's really an amazing experience. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So understand that, you know, we're not like the center of the universe, that we're all connected, number one, but also your problems aren't probably as big as you think they are. Exactly. Depending exactly. on what they are. I'm not saying all <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it kind of helps you just kind of, you know, refocus and get back to, okay, right, so, you know, minute by minute, make a list, one thing at a time, and that's pretty much, you know, being mindful. Right, exactly. right. And really... Yeah, and really committing to the practice, right? And that that is your next step, committing to awareness. Do you want to yeah. just touch on that? Sure. So committing to awareness means exactly what we've been talking about for podcasts. Because if you're not ready to commit to it, it's not going to work for you, and it's no point. You no, know, if you're not ready to commit to awareness, committing to awareness includes being, for me, it includes being spiritual because I think that spirituality is the basis of awareness because once we once you figure out that we're all connected and we're all one that's when you want to do your best to become self-aware help other people because you have, every person has a gift and it's a unique gift and it's true and a lot of people think what do I have to offer how can I inspire other people well you can trust me Sometimes it's just smiling at a person in the grocery store because maybe they're having a really bad day. You know, it, that can be the world to some people. Yeah. You never know what it is, but when, once you connect to yourself and you figure out what your gift is, you have to share it. It's just how it works. It's the point of evolution. So committing to awareness is the basis for everything we've talked about. And so it's the basis of becoming self-aware. It's the basis of knowing who you are. It's the, you know, it's the basis of better communication. Because when you're in relationships with your family and people you work with and all kinds of different people, if you're not committed to the moment that you're communicating with that person, then you're not communicating honestly. And it sounds ominous, but it's not. But think about it. What if you're at work talking to someone and you're not listening at all? And that happens a lot. And so you're just kind of, you're not really, you're not really saying to that person that you're talking to or those people that you value their time and their presence in your life. And then coming home at the end of the day, if you're working or whatever you're doing and you have family or your husband or your wife and being present in that moment committing to awareness to be in that relationship 100% while you're there with that person or those people. That's awareness. So so you see, it's a circle. So the more self-aware you become, the easier it is for you to do all these other things to help people, but also to be to help yourself. And so, I love that you're tying in this piece in helping other people through learning what your gifts are. I really, really love and resonate with that. And by committing to this awareness practice and discovering what your real passions are and what your gifts are, and then in turn giving that to others, I think that's such a powerful message, Susan. It's true. It came from, that's what I was inspired to share with people. And so that came from the universe. 
I get a little emotional about it because it help, because when you help people, you help yourself, and we have to help the world, and we all have a gift. Mm-hmm. Every one of us, and it's unique. And I think in the world today, it can be so crazy with all that's going on. I think this is also kind of a, an easy way to kind of ground yourself before you go out into the world. You totally. Know, know your worth and know who you are, you know, and we have to help people. That's why we're all here because we're all the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And that's such a powerful message to be sharing. Thank you for sharing it with us and with so many other people, because this is exactly the type of work, the work that you're doing, the work that we're all doing. This is the exact type of type of work that people need to hear right now to really connect with themselves and on a broader level, connect with everyone else, connect with each other, because we are all one. We're all different, we're all individual, but we're all people. We're all just human beings trying to make it in this world. Exactly. No, it's true. We have to do it. It's it's what's (laughs) happening now, and I think people are really, really wanting. Yeah. 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 We're definitely noticing that. Yeah, we all see that. And it's really, really important to take it seriously and commit. Mm-hmm. commitment to ourselves like I said you have to commit to yourself because if you don't nobody else is going to do it for you and especially if you don't you know share what you know and what you're inspired to share with other people 